0: Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is Justin. We are dropping you a new episode on a Thursday afternoon after a Braves win in game two of the NLDS. We didn't talk about that game in this podcast. It was recorded earlier this week though we did commiserate over some of the management decisions Snitker may have made in uh, game 1. We're going to react to a lot of what's going on in college football and in baseball and a little bit of NFL. It's going to be a good episode. We're sticking to the hits this week. Before you listen to the rest of this episode, though, make sure you go into your platform and give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple, whatever you're listening to. You don't have to give us five stars, but it's nice. Anyway, this is Let Them Me Takes. So, what are we going to talk about today?
1: We could start with the Braves. Scott was in the zone a second ago. Typing it up, baby.
2: we got to start with the Mets, who were unable to sell out a playoff elimination home game on weekend primetime.
0: Oh, hold on. Before we load on it, it was Wait, probably Wait, that game was like... primetime? Wait, it oh. wasn't a midday nooner?
2: It was, yeah.
0: On a week no New
2: York, New York doesn't get that. Remember? They're, That's uh, true
0: big market team. They're a big market. A market that counts. Yeah. You mean they couldn't fill every seat in Shittyfield?
3: mm mm-hmm. Not even close.
0: Oh, that was... That was tasty to watch. That almost made the entire year for me. Because, you Oof. know, we got to see them lead for, what, 160 days? <laughs> atop the NL East? <laughs> and they had their little silly trumpet bit. And they got mad when other players in the league started using it because it's a popular song. And... yeah, it is
1: a popular song, and it turns out when you try to like get all possessive of a very popular song, it doesn't you're just going to be frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, the, I, didn't the trump the guy who actually played trumpet on that song actually say, "Oh, it doesn't belong to any of me guys. It belongs to the Mets. I say so. All I right, don't buddy know what he said? <laughs> who
1: cares what he said? He probably said that because they paid him.
0: Can they afford to pay that? They're already paying like. Oh, I mean, they can know, afford the it. Gross domestic product of a small West African nation.
2: Hey, nah. that that second uh, number two payroll in Major League Baseball, right? Or maybe number three. They did buy them one almost playoff win.
0: They're not far off from the L.A. Dodgers, who look like the favorites to me to win the whole dang thing this year. But that's why they got to play the games. It is, it
1: is uh, frustrating. Uh, not frustrating. It is kind of sad the Mets couldn't get past the Padres because uh, Seth, we, we can't um, take Seth Lugo to task when he was quoted as saying, after being swept by the Braves, I think we're better than those guys and I think we'll prove it if we face them again. <laughs> Which is a hell of a thing to say after just getting swept by that team.
0: Indeed. Especially in an era where everyone hangs on to receipts. I guess the, everyone's flipping out about that. I guess from that series, the takeaways are because they did the trumpets thing when um, Edwin Diaz got out on the mound, but it was kind of like, gosh, we're down like seven runs. How are we, you know, why are we doing this? I didn't, people people who were there said it felt awkward and stale. But the other part was uh, homeboy getting his ears checked <laughs> by the umpire. <laughs> that was pretty good. They did glisten. I will say. (laughs) But uh, but Andrew McCutcheon tweeted about it. He said, oh, that was probably red hot. Some of our guys in Pittsburgh used to do that. You know, apparently just burns your ears like crazy and makes you, you know, supposedly might help your focus. But, you know, that's not really cheating.
1: Well, it did. uh, I think everyone online could agree that the timing of it was a little desperate. You could say yeah,
2: a, mm, desperation you know, move. A little desperate.
1: Uh, just a little
3: bit desperate. Um
0: Yeah, it was fun. Scott, I saw you were going off on uh we got to see the salty side of you on Discord earlier today. Wait, wait I got
1: one more oh, tick before you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was you posted it and it was an incredibly good one. It says being a Mets fan on Twitter tonight is like being on the side of a bridge and about to jump and having an entire crowd of people staring, laughing and encouraging you to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's some that's some uh black mirror level darkness right that's there. That's some
1: darkness, but like
0: they Holy had cow. a pretty
1: dark ending to their season. So
0: <laughs> But also if you just go down Twitter and it's like that was the you know, that was the trampoline that every single fan base was jumping on that night. It was like, oh my gosh, did the New York Mets just finished their historic 100-win season with a home collapse no,
1: against no, a wild card team.
0: It's, it's too good not to lap up.
1: Stay off
2: Twitter. If you know your teams, then like, just why go on there? Dumb. All right, sorry, For Scott. real. Oh, I'll say, it's not even salty. This is just standard Snicker. Like, this is baked in. Like, there's nothing to be mad about right you can be disappointed You're of course referring
1: to our game one loss that happened Uh, earlier well i
2: yeah i'm i'm mostly referring to really the, the big picture of how snicker treats the bullpen and pitchers and what he considers to be quote high leverage and low leverage and as soon as you're down three runs sometimes even down two runs Snicker flips it from high leverage to low leverage and just starts throwing the last arms in the bullpen. Well, we're down three. This game's over. Throw the bad arms. Save the good arms for another day. He did it all through the playoffs last year. He did it all through the regular season this year and last year and the year before. And how long has he been with the Braves? He's done it the whole time. So this like is nothing years. new. Right. This is, you know classic 1970s baseball thinking that still drives a lot of decisions by your old frumpy baseball managers that don't really believe two plus two equals four they're still kind of skeptical right so if, it's if the,
0: if, the, if the analytics say two plus two equals four i don't know if i trust the analytics have you seen four's jawline <laughs> exactly have you seen four's girl have you seen two's girlfriend doesn't inspire She's a best lot of six.
4: confidence <laughs> oh man
2: Uh. but it, so uh, with with regards to today's game because this is you know earlier today was opening game against the Phillies and, and John you mentioned this the game today wasn't really on snicker a lot of things didn't go right and it was more players and how they executed and how they did or didn't make plays at the right time. Right. That's the vast majority of it. The frustrating part of it, or, you know, a particularly frustrating part of it is you don't play your best. You lose a game that's seven to six and you didn't have to choose to throw the bad pitchers. That's right. Like uh, Max Fried didn't go out there and was like, I choose to give up a soft single for a run right now. I choose to throw this ball high and let this guy be safe. That's true. And, and what Sticker's doing is saying, like, I choose to give up because there's no way we're going to hit a couple home runs and be right back in this. So uh, it gets lame.
1: I mean, I used, the same str- I used to use the same strategy when I played Pokemon, you know. I'd save my Kadabra for when I really needed him, but I, and I'd ride my Pidgey hard, and until that Pidgey could go no more, that's when I'd go to my Kadabra. It didn't always work in Pokemon, and it doesn't always work in baseball.
0: You never love You never evolved, Pidgey. You just kept Pidgey a Pidgey. I mean,
1: I'm no not in control of when Pidgey, I'm not in control of when Pidgey decides Pidgey Pidgeotto. Just like Snickers, not in control of when Jesse
2: Chavez is going to go out there and suck or be good. Yeah, I don't know. You know, no. Like you let Pidgey decide when Pidgey changes something about yeah. self, All right. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know if he's going to go out there and just deliver. you going to knock him out, or he's
1: going to get knocked out. Pokemon and baseball are very similar. A lot of people don't realize. It's all about the grind, man. It's a long it grind. It's long true.
5: Grind.
1: It's all about evolving yeah, but, those those Pokemon and or players.
0: Yeah, you, those 162 regular season, that's just running through the grass and hoping you find a, like a high-level Oddish that you can, you know, work your water-based Pokemon against.
1: Speaking of evolving players, I do recommend watching Facing Nolan on Netflix. It's like the Nolan Ryan documentary. I saw somebody recommend it on Twitter. I was like, you know, I've seen it. I've, or I saw the thumbnail. I should watch it, and I did. And it starts with like uh, the big, like what I think is a really great own of the Mets, in that Mets suck so bad they couldn't make Nolan Ryan work, <laughs> and so they just shipped him off somewhere else, and he just proceeds to become one of the best pitchers of all time. <laughs> Hmm, hmm, hmm. how how many times
0: has that story played out
1: they couldn't just say they couldn't just coach him just a little bit to make him a little bit less wild and so he gets out to california and the and there's like a coach that goes maybe do this and all of a sudden he's like freaking amazing it's really funny
0: hilarious that was my takeaway from the first 30 minutes of of the documentary does he have any, does it talk about any, um, any people posing as his lover? I know they didn't have the internet back then, but they had phone lines.
1: Posing as and... his lover? They mention a yeah. few
0: things here and there, but they don't go into great detail. Okay. There's this Manti um, doc. I'm just hungry to find out more about athletes uh, <laughs> who dated. Oh, no. Uh, what imposters. they mentioned was
1: his wife would be jealous of, like, women who would want to take pictures with him.
0: I thought that's eh, what yes. you
1: were hinting at, and I didn't know if there was some scandal I didn't know about. I'm like, I
0: don't think so. <laughs> that's a timeless um, uh, athlete drama. Ath- athlete. Athletes. Uh, uh,
4: I have a, a bad take on the topic. Not Nolan Ryan, but Braves. Can I Let's get hear to it?
3: it? I posted this just yesterday. Was this about? Um...
1: It's about Spencer Strider resigning. Yeah, Not resigning. Yeah, yeah. Spencer Strider signing a new contract, which is like a million dollars next year and the year after, and then it goes up to like seven, and then like twenty million for a couple of years, something like that.
2: It, do you want me to run through the contract structure? I actually have it pulled up. All right, go for it. Yeah, let's get some
5: stats yeah. for nerds.
2: Let's get the so real it's, numbers. It's officially listed as a six-year, seventy-five million-dollar contract. Some of these contracts of early players pre arbitration are a little bit weird because they're not free agent eligible. But so for 23 and 24, it's a million a year. For 25, it would have been his first arbitration year, it's 4 million. Mm. Uh, 26, ARB 2, 20 million. 27, ARB 3, 22 million. 28 and 29, also 22 million. So it's one, one, four, and then three years four years of twenty, basically. Gotcha. Twenty-three and twenty-four, he would have been playing at whatever seven hundred thousand or something. So they round that up to a million, which is like chump change in baseball terms here. Right. And then they give him four million for his first ARB year, which undersells what he would get. Four million is not a lot for no. <laughs> right. Um And then, probably the next two arbitration years, twenty million ish. I don't know. That's maybe a little more than he'd get in arbitration. Maybe not. It's hard to tell. It's a few years away, right? Mm -hmm. And then a couple years that would be free agency years, where he gets twenty-two million a year. Now, granted, those years uh, there is a significant chance that his free agency years in 2028 and 2029 would garner a lot more than 22 million each Mm -hmm. but that's what you pay for locking it in this far in advance and locking in some of those arbitration years at a good number in advance
1: right so the take that i read um because this is what's considered to be like a team-friendly deal in that it allows the team to kind of, some key pieces of the team to stay together while not breaking the bank immediately.
2: Um, Ever. Ever.
1: Ever
4: breaking the bank.
2: $22 million for a starting pitcher is below market value right
1: now. I guess what I meant to say is like in five years, we have a lot of players that are going to be a 20-ish million all at once. Um, this guy This guy tweeted Alex Anthopoulos keeps tricking the, the Braves young stars into taking Much less than they are worth not sure how He keeps pulling it off but good for the Braves not so much for the player And he's basically insinuating That this is bad for the player And I, the reason I thought That was bad because like as you pointed Out it is good for the Braves And he is getting paid a little bit less Than he normally would but we are assuming some risk because he could just kind of suck for the next four years, and he's still getting that money.
2: So I, I think that this is from Marcus Hanna, who's like a local Atlanta sports radio guy. Um, I think this is off when it comes to Spencer Strider for a couple reasons, which is one, there's a lot more variabilities with pitchers about right. whether they actually stay good long term, whether they stay healthy long term or not, and they're giving Mike him, Hampton. yeah, and they're giving him twenty million and twenty two million for two of his arbitration years. Um, so he is going to be, it's only it's only a six year deal compared to some of the other early lockup deals. So he still would get to see free agency with a you know, some real years and a big contract left if it's working out right. Mm-hmm. And he gets to, you know, have four 20 million plus seasons pretty quickly. So in the Spencer Strider case, it's probably a pretty reasonable balance of player getting to lock in money early. while the team assumes some risk, but the team also has some contract upside. I'd probably still say, like, if you had to bet money on this, like, if you had to bet money, does Spencer Strider make more or less money by doing this or by going free agency? Probably makes more money by going free agency. But I think it's a reasonable debate. It could go either way. That's kind of how these early extensions kind of should be, right? Where it's like, it could go either way. So yeah, if you want to take your money now, take your money now. And Probably helps team a little bit in the long run, but it's not egregious.
0: Right, I think right. money now yeah. is always valuable in any profession that requires <laughs> use of your human body because yeah. nothing <laughs> is guaranteed.
2: It's, <laughs> except it's not money now, right? Because it's money, it's real money in twenty twenty six in terms of sure. baseball terms. So
1: yeah, he didn't still not get, actually he's not real getting money it now. all now, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's well, okay, still so...
2: basically a league minimum player for a couple of years and then a cheap arbitration player for a year and then real money. And so that's where Zeno is off on this. However, I think the sentiment of that in you know, hot maybe not even so hot take is actually pretty accurate for the younger position players that have Oh, like taken the non pitchers. Yeah. Like Albies and Acuna, who are probably the two most egregious ones. But like you talked about, oh, well some of these guys are going to be making $20 million a year. Albies signed a seven-year deal for $35 Yeah, Total? Total. Big he, has, he has three more years left on that deal and then two more years of club team control. So that would actually take the next five years up to $35 million if the team exercises their options. To this point, in that contract, he has been paid $10 million, and his war value is equivalent to $80 million of on-field production. And over the next five years, where he projects to get $35 million, he probably projects to get you about... Uh, let's see, 120 million worth of production for 35 million dollars. Yeah, so, and that so this is where that complaint is actually accurate. Which this is not Zeno saying this in response to Albi's years ago. So like, so it's your classic, it's your classic right for the wrong reason. It, it, yeah. So right. and, and I, I mean, the Albi's contract had agents calling for Albi's agent to be fired and like saying that and the players union saying that this was like setting back the players union a decade. was that bad. <laughs> right. So like there's a difference between taking some money early up front and then just like getting hosed. Yeah. So and and Ronnie's <laughs> is like Ronnie signed a 8 year $100 million deal. Which I mean he's it, Even with, like, Albies and Acuna having some injuries, Albies has already performed beyond the total value of his contract. So if he got hurt and missed the next three years, he was still a bargain contract.
1: I mean, mean, even hurt Acuna this season. Obviously hurt. Obviously not himself. If you look at the numbers, still really good. I mean, not stellar, but, like, really good. I know players that would kill for those numbers. He had a good
0: batting average. He got on base. He's not as fast. He couldn't swing as much. But, you know, those things I think will come back. At least I hope they will.
4: Yeah, I hope so, too.
2: ACL's a tough injury. you look at the last, like, four years, which I think is when Acuna has, since he signed this contract, is that right? (laughs) So in those last four years, it's been about... A hundred and five million dollars worth of on-field production, during which time he's been paid twenty-two million dollars.
0: I hope Chipper Jones is buying these guys lake houses yeah. in Blue Ridge because this is <laughs> this makes me sad. And
2: and some of the well, some of the backwards-looking stuff can be misleading because those were a lot of those were years that were locked in as pre-arbitration team control years. So there mm-hmm. was there was. Only scenario where he was getting paid good money in those years was where the Braves just decided to actually pay him good money in those years. Which Hmm. they could have done. Like that would actually be a more fair deal on paper. Problem here is that you know, like Spencer Strider would be eligible free for free agency, real free agency, at age twenty nine in twenty twenty eight. It's twenty twenty two. That's a long time, so there's no leverage. What's he gonna do? Hold out until 2028? <laughs> like <No. laughs> the, the players, it you know, it takes a long time for them to hit free agency because you add those extra three years of arbitration onto stuff. So there's no leverage. So that's why the team gets them to sign long-term, team-friendly deals.
1: Well, I mean, you can only do that if you actually have a team people want to be a part of. Obviously. Otherwise, if you try to put that card, they're just going to be like, oh, I'm
0: good. So the Mets definitely couldn't get away with this shenanigans.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen one. If there's been one, I haven't seen it.
0: This it, like the... it. It's
2: definitely been a concerted effort by Anthopolis to do this, to lock stuff in. You could make an argument that, I don't know, being run <laughs> by a team that values predictable finances over anything else could be playing into something like this. Mm-hmm. it's 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 very liberty media it is but it's an effective strategy so and they're help doing me it remember
3: all... i was gonna say help me remember something way back in the day um was it gosh
1: was it Fr- freeman and hayward came up together right the same time
2: did they come up at the same time
1: I think yeah.
0: Hayward came up a little bit first.
1: Or was it McCann and Frank Gore came up at the same time? McCann and Frank Gore were the same time. Which duo... True. I'm getting them mixed up. Which duo was like, hey, we're going to offer you the same contract. One of them took it, the other one didn't because they wanted another year to like show what they can do kind of thing.
5: Hmm. And then they they got like a deal that wasn't <laughs> quite <laughs> as good
1: and maybe even left the Braves. I can't remember... I wanna it might have been
2: McCann. That, Frank Hoare. I don't know. I was gonna say I want to say that, like, uh, I mean, I know the Braves signed Freeman to a long deal, and that I think Hayward went for a little bit more of the kind of prove it route.
3: I think
4: but you're I right. Can't I can't really was, remember.
1: I think it was Hayward Freeman.
4: I think they actually think they came up about the same time. Hayward eventually got paid, so. It, whatever. Yeah, but
0: 2010.
4: Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just remember something, something like that
3: happening. And I remember going, oh, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> Poor Jay. Hey, kid.
2: Never learned a short I mean, like, swing. Brady took, you know, below market value to lock things in for a while with the, uh, the Braves. But, mm-hmm. But his was one of those ones that wasn't as egregious as like Albie's and Acuna. Right, those are right, some of the no. ones that were super egregious. Like like Michael Harris did eight for seventy two. I don't think people project him quite as high as Acuna at that time. Um, but eight for seventy two for him. I don't know. It's a little light. It's probably it's pretty light. Let's be real. Um, Ike Austin Riley took a big extension. Eh, his might be a little bit light, but he's older and he was closer to arbitration. So he had a little bit more leverage and a little bit more track record. So he just, you know, is is more of like a, yeah, locked in a little early, like a little bit less on salary. That's OK. But there's definitely a couple of these that are like their agent should be fired. Because the Braves <laughs> would have paid them more money had they just not accepted like the first cheap lowball offer.
4: Right.
0: Well, <laughs> so Dansby's fun. not coming back, right?
2: Oh, no. Probably
0: not. Uh, stinks. So
2: I also, I uh, hope Max Reed has a chance to pitch better for the Braves in his last game with the Braves this postseason. All right, hey, who do you think has more career earnings between Freddie Freeman and Jason Hayward? Freddie Freeman. It's Jason Hayward. Because Jason Hayward went to free agency, and Freddie Freeman took a bargain contract. Now, Freddie Freeman's a much better player, and he eventually got his free agency contract, even if it's past his prime, well, allegedly, with the Dodgers, know, right? right? <laughs> So he'll end up with more than Hayward when it's all said and done, because Hayward has one more year in his contract, and then I doubt he's going to be you know, making enough after that to stay in front of Freddie, but mm. yeah. If you want to know why it's a team-friendly deal, it's because Jason Hayward, who was way more injured and never lived up to his talent, made more money than Freddie Freeman in that time span.
0: How many, uh, how many uh, all-star appearances do you think Jason Award had, has had Ooh, so far? One. That's a fun question. Yes. One. And what year do you think it happened?
1: I think it happened his rookie year because that's the only year I remember him being good.
0: Two swings, <laughs> two hits. You are on the money. He was an all-star in 2010. And he, that was the rookie sensation year. And then he never really recaptured that magic. Yeah, he sucks. So he definitely Big never sad.
2: recaptured the magic
0: offensively.
2: I will say in fairness to him, he was a good defender, especially when he was like healthy, which he had some injury stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I th- I want to say there was another year or two where he <laughs> should have probably been um an all-star, but people don't pay attention to like if you're good at defense when they vote for all-star stuff.
0: That's a recurring theme in most sports is most people really don't care about the defensive efficiency. Even if there's well, even if there's stats. Especially in like football, it's all like, oh, sacks and interceptions is the only thing we're going to pay attention to if we're evaluating how good a defensive player is. Oh, you say Mm -hmm.
2: football? Okay, let's switch to football. Oh, sorry, Hero. I'll just, one quick Jason Hayward thing. You know, star voting is mid-season so i'm not going to go back and check it but if you just go by his basically final season numbers he should have been an all-star probably four or five times it's no, worth noting that three to four of those were with atlanta and then nothing after but
0: anyway not, so, not even with the world series cubs team he he played on
2: uh no yeah so he, I, he's, I think he's better than people remember. Because but because it wasn't as good as, you know, hype and potential. Anyway, all right. Sorry, all right, John. Take me over to football land where
0: Foosball. surely nothing is terrible. Yeah, so I can't fun. score. They can't score a touchdown. They can't score a touchdown. <laughs> they can't score a touchdown. You mean they didn't, they didn't score this past weekend? They didn't score this past weekend? I think uh, they're still six games in and seven touchdowns for the season.
2: Buddy, they ain't scored since COVID. They ain't scored since COVID. (laughs) That reminds
1: me of the line from uh, Spaceballs. Yeah, we ain't found shit. We ain't found shit. We ain't scored a touchdown.
0: (laughs) Hit the bricks, bitch. You ain't got no game. They oh, uh, I found it's such good material. Single digits, back to
2: back weeks. Oh my gosh! Who
1: no, did they play this past weekend?
2: Oh, oh wait, was it back to back? Uh,
0: Illinois. Illinois. Oh, I've got. I found a great meme about that. I'm going to drop it in the chat. I'll I'll narrate it for the listener home. Do you know that scene in uh, Thor Ragnarok, where uh, they're back in Asgard and Thor is battling Hella. She's like, "You can't defeat me. I've like crushed your hammer." Yeah. You just can't do it. And he's like, I know I can't defeat you, but he can. And that's when he, uh, the big helmet guy comes up. Yeah. So they took that meme and, she's, and she says, you know, "Hellos, Iowa. I can't do this. This is hard. All right. Hella the sister's Iowa, says, you can't defeat me. Thor's Illinois. He says, I know, but he can. And it points to Helmet Guy and it's still Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so Adam, good.
2: I love helmet a description of an online visual meme.
0: I'm never doing that on this. I'm never doing that again.
4: No, it's very
2: good.
0: Yeah, um, apparently, so I learned this. This has apparently been free information, but I didn't know about this, but uh, the Kirk Ferentz never actually hired his son to be offensive coordinator. Technically, yeah, that was Gary Barta. Yeah, because it's, illegal. Yeah, cause it's, a, it's illegal. Because it cause illegal. Of, ne- <laughs> cause of nepotism laws. So the AD <laughs> Gary Barta did it and so nice. iowa fanbase is basically on fire everybody mode but they might be justified in doing that because if kirk you know it might not be Ger- Ference's decision to fire his son it might be gary Bardes, and so far neither one of them seems willing to do it and it's just <laughs> we're we're gonna keep doing this this is it nothing's changing oh uh, that's funny Stuart Mandel had a, he had a funny tweet about it. He says, wow, this Iowa offense, is, this Iowa team is just crazy. When's the last time you've seen a, a team rank in the top five nationally in defense and then, like, bottom 120 in offense? The answer that's... is last year. It was 2021
1: Iowa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was about to say, that's really bad. I didn't know the answer was going to be last year's Iowa team. <laughs>
0: It's that bad. Like, oh, oh it's so good. So bad. Yep.
2: It's so. brutal. And we read through a few weeks ago, right? The list of their offense <laughs> year by year, and it was like here's where they were fifty second in opponent adjusted and tempo adjusted offense. It was like the high water mark.
3: So some things that be. struck
1: me. That from this past weekend's college football slate, I'm looking through some stupid takes here. I'm not really seeing, I mean, there's definitely some stupid takes. Um,
3: but one thing that stuck out to me Oklahoma got their ass kicked
1: in a way oh. I didn't think I'd ever see. Like, they didn't
2: score. Oh, hey, now, hey, now, John. It's rude of you to use that kind of language. We don't say kick in a game where they never got to kick the ball. <laughs>
1: I just don't... Because they lost last week and the week before, right? So this says Texas and they lose and that's... that's yeah, is that three conference? TCU. Is that three conference losses? Yeah. That's three conference losses
0: yeah they're they're bad, they're really bad. they
1: just hired this bro is he is he in trouble? I mean, I feel like you just can't lose was it forty nine to nothing can you imagine like us losing to florida forty nine nothing like I mean, I'm sure it happened in the nineties
2: I can imagine but Florida like, losing to us forty nine to nothing <laughs> <laughs> please oh, God, don't tempt let it me. don't tempt me bro let me let it happen brodo um uh, uh, yeah, they're three and three right now, by the way. Just to make sure we're all clear. Who, Florida or you? Uh, can I Oklahoma? say both? <laughs> but, but Oklahoma. I was, was going to say both. I think Florida's Oklahoma. four and I two. I think Florida's actually four and two. Yeah. Oh, Pulled okay. out some miracles to get to four and two. Uh, would you like but, to know? Uh, it, yeah. If you're wondering, is Oklahoma currently projected to finish six and six? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can't, I, is it possible they could finish worse?
2: Yeah, that's like the median projection. I guess now, that's that. not like a, if they lose all the 50-50 games, they're six and six. That's like if they win half the 50-50 games, they're six and six. I mean, is he actually in trouble for this year, <laughs>
1: Justin? I just no. saw you posted.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> been apparently there's only two Power Five teams this year that have been shut out in games. One is Oklahoma. Can you guess what the other <gasps> one is? Oh yeah,
4: that's easy. Iowa. No, they probably can't feel. That. No,
0: surprisingly,
2: oh. no. Somehow I, they I know who it is. Didn't... It's it's Georgia Tech. It sure is. Georgia because <laughs> in Jeff Collins' three and in some F-B-S? portion seasons, where he never had the luxury of coaching a game in Athens before he left, so sad. Boo. So sad. Um, so sad. In his three and a little bit of change seasons, I think they got shut out three times. <laughs> and I want to say the last time they got shut out before Jeff Collins was there, was like in the 40s or 50s. Are you serious? Yeah. That's an incredible streak. Yeah, they went like 70 years without getting shut out, and he got shut out three times in like 30 games. The only Power 5 teams that have been shut out this season...
1: Are Georgia Tech and Oklahoma? Yeah, and well, if that's... you're wondering
0: who, who shut out Georgia Tech, it was Ole Miss at Bobby Dodd, 42 tonight.
2: Lane, Lane Kiffin shut them out at Mark Richt. Lane Kiffin, who we all who we all understand to be a
1: defensive guru,
0: Lane <laughs> Kiffin, <laughs> no, who's no, definitely no. not, <laughs> yeah, Lane no. Kiffin, who's definitely not an asshole later <laughs> said after the game that he took his foot off the gas because he felt bad for Jeff Collins. <laughs> he said, I don't want he him did. to get fired. All those He's assistants like, are going to have to just find felt, work. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, won the, we won the game like two quarters ago. Why do we need to keep doing this?
2: It sounds to me like he just was out there, you know, giving a recruiting pitch for the uh, whatever assistant coaches he might have liked. Georgia Tech. Maybe. Like, come over That's here. True. What's the Simpsons
1: meme? I was like, no, stop, he's already dead, or something like that. <laughs> I think there's a uh, Simpsons meme like that. That's just, wild. Y'all. Okay, so everything. Tech did Tech win this past weekend? Yeah, think they, they, they did. Played... Yeah, they won two so, in a row? Oh, after
0: so, so they've won
1: two in a row with Collins. One more
0: win, and the interim coach will have matched Jeff Collins' single season win total. I don't think I don't think Jeff Collins is
1: going
2: to get a job for a little bit. I think he's gotta go back to being a grad assistant or something. He will definitely well not definitely, but most likely have to go, you know, the quality control route for a little bit, wash the wash the stink off a bit there. It depends a bit on whether his contract has offset language or not. I. e. meaning if he gets a new job and gets paid, does that lower how much tech owes him? Some contracts have that, some don't. When they have that, there's not so much incentive to go work hard a high-paying job when you could not work that hard at a lower-paying job and still get paid the same so that's why sometimes these guys will be like i'm gonna go do the quality control uh role for a couple years make 100k and uh do my 40 hours a week of football and not you know burned out right a head coaching job for him i would expect is off the table i mean he was a good coordinator defensive coordinator at multiple places so I wouldn't be shocked at all if he did the quality control thing for a bit and found a DC job, but, well, you'd have to be desperate to give him a head coaching job anytime soon.
1: That's just, that's freaking funny to me. Um, Anything else stand out to y'all about this past weekend in college football? Did yeah, Tennessee's actually good,
0: and it any, bothers oh, yeah.
2: me. You know. Yeah. Auburn game wasn't quite a shutout because shutouts are really, really hard and really, really rare, <laughs> unless you're Georgia Tech. Um, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> that game started a little slow, ended up being a fun game to be at, which we all ended up being at that game separately. We
0: did. I know. I was for some reason we Kevin wasn't get the photo op. Oh, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. Yeah, Maybe he, he was chose not to be there. Maybe he was. He told me hopeful and went shopping with, for toilet paper with his he son. He told me
1: the next day at at, at uh, our kids' soccer practice that he, at one point, I think it was like in the second quarter or third quarter, he just like turned it off and they went to like the pumpkin
0: patch to do like family stuff. He's like, screw this crap. <laughs> that, that's for the best. I mean, he, at that point <laughs> in the game, the score was probably what, 14 to three? No, no, no. But I think he I
1: left was in a... the third. He left in the third after Stetson okay. got his act together, yeah.
0: Yeah, I
2: wasn't. Oh, you mean, do, do you guys remember where you were the minute that Stetson officially ended Harson's career with a sixty-four yard touchdown run?
1: <sighs>
2: that was a good
1: one. Wait, okay, so but he still hasn't been let go.
2: I know, I know. Unofficially, Unofficially. officially, I mean, Unofficial the man official. is fired. Yeah, the man is fired. It's just not like the man bubble, is the
1: Walking officially.
2: Dead. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> you've seen the show. Now meet the man. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that I love the uh, I love Dane Young, the uh, Georgia football media personality, took the Colby Colle bubbly song and put it over the t- Stetson minute long touchdown run. It was perfection. That was very
2: good, <laughs> very good, very well done it by Dane Young. Toes
0: up to his nose.
2: He's an accuracy by volume guy. Mm-hmm. He puts yes. a lot of stuff out there. You get a lot of hits, a lot of misses. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I guess where I was sitting in the game, it, even the second quarter when it was 14-3, to three, I didn't feel like Auburn really posed a threat to score against Georgia at any point. No, so, no. when so we scored the second really
2: touchdown, when we scored the second touchdown, I was like, oh, this game's over. <laughs> it's 14 Right? Yeah, no, nah,
0: I was never worried. I <laughs> wanted to see Georgia's offense do really well because I do know what's coming to town the first weekend in November. And, uh, you know, if you thought, you know, That's gonna take might take a little bit more from Stetson and the guys on offense.
1: We'll play a little bit better defense than Ellis. You did.
2: Yeah, Stetson needs to get that shoulder back working again. Because yikes, it was rough. Yeah, way too many times where he threw the ball (laughs) and it looked like a four-year-old had thrown it. It just like fluttered out of his hand to nowhere. True, I would see it and be like, "That's a duck." Those were those were the plays where it was like, "Oh." Yeah, people have been like, his shoulder, I think it got hurt in the Missouri game. And there was a couple times that game where I was like, oh, his shoulder did get hurt in the Missouri game because a normal quarterback doesn't have a throw go like that.
0: No. I did Um, see some discussion. People were saying, is this, you know, I don't want to go dig up dead horses, but was this the difference between JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett? Is JT Daniels would have maybe sat out an injury like that? And Stetson Bennett's like, no, I'm going to go out and play. Uh, Even if it was weak sauce, yes. I don't know. Probably I not mean, a fair comparison.
2: I think there's... I mean, there's probably something to that if you, you know, buy into some of the alleged behind-the-scenes info, read-between-the-lines kind of stuff. Sometimes it's, like, total made-up nonsense, and sometimes it's, like, completely accurate, so it's kind of hard to tell.
5: Yeah.
1: The, uh, another... I want another thing that I know that actually Scott on Saturday night called it was uh, when A&M had that one play to try and win it, Scott said, Jimbo's about to drop the dumbest damn play you've ever seen. And sure enough, here it comes.
2: I can't even take credit. It just was so obvious. It was like, there's no way it was going to happen any other way than them just doing some of like, like people get mad when <laughs> freaking Pete Carroll. Let Russell Wilson try and throw a one-yard pass. Like Russell Wilson's a serious that. quarterback. People lost their mind. He was mind. to that. a guy in the end zone. Like if right. that's a catch, you win the game. Right. And himself was just nonsense. Like if didn't he like- somehow catches this ball and then breaks the tackle <laughs> with his butt and puts it in reverse, he might have like gotten into the end
0: zone. You're not even talking about X's and O's. You're just talking about physics right there.
2: Jimbo yeah, doesn't the do play X to He just does like a squiggly line. That's it.
0: The play was Wait, so just designed... Wiggle bat. just wiggle your back. Just wiggle your button there. Where's Jimbo out. ball?
1: It was like, roll out to the short side of the field and catch the ball a yard or two from the end zone. That was like the design. Like, I don't understand. There, like they what? needed
2: two yards. How many one-yard routes do you have in your playbook?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they aren't that <laughs> like many. you turn You're your re-
2: one-yard pass route play and pick the only one on there? Like, we have one... Pass play in our entire playbook that will not work here. Give it to me. That's just mean. I and mean, Jimbo's just running it rubbing it in their fans' faces of how much money they owe him and how they're too broke to buy him out. Too broke to buy him out. His buyout's what, like 80 million
1: or
0: something? Like that.
2: 96.
0: I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, they're not they're not gonna pay. He's gonna stay you there. For a people. While.
2: Now in in three years or four years, if they haven't produced some serious wins, some you know conference titles, some playoff wins, some national titles, something like this, three to four years, that buyout gets down to like fifty million or whatever, some really big number, but half of what it is now, they'll buy that number out. They'll buy him out at fifty mil and send him packing. You know, three four years from now, if he hasn't won some stuff, but.
0: Is his right year now. five for him at A&M? Uh, um, four? I
2: think. At least, I think it's at least five. He's been there, you know, kind of sneakily been there a while. Yeah, it's, it's his ugh. year five.
1: It's five.
2: Yeah. I think never remember. Du- they, yeah, they won nine games, eight games, nine games, eight games. So He's due for nine. and Keep the pattern going. They're not going to win nine unless they They're win not do
0: it. Uh, well,
2: who do they, I mean, who do this got? was
0: your best shot
2: <laughs> to beat Alabama. <laughs> They're projected to win six and a half games.
1: I will say it would have been the biggest disrespect. It would have been two in a row against Bama with the second one being in Tuscaloosa. And then, to be honest, I think it would have been just like emotional damage to me all week to read Alabama fans complain about how we only lost because our backup threw all them picks, and the refs handed it to them with
0: all that. I'm just like, I can't do this. The refs took three seconds or forgot to put three seconds back on the clock for A&M, which if, yeah. you know, if you're somebody on the A&M coaching staff, I feel like at least somebody over there should have caught that.
2: It should have caught that. In fairness, what in the world were they going to do with that three seconds anyway?
1: Throw another, a, throw another hitch. They're going to throw another hitch one yard from the end
0: zone. Here, just this time, put that little, put a little circle on your knee with your fingers and make a look at it. And if he looks like you can punch him, then you can run the end zone.
1: We'll do the Statue <laughs> of Liberty play. Like That's I'm what they surprised. should have done. That would actually have been kind of fun. Statue I'm of Liberty. I'm half
0: surprised they
2: didn't just, like, kick a field goal earlier on that drive. But i got to get, get it closer, do an onside kick, see if we can get a quick first down and kick another field goal and win it. Listen, I can recruit
1: with a one point loss of Bama. I can't do that with four points.
0: I mean, I honestly thought when they got down into that short yard situation, that was they'd already passed up their best opportunity to score a touchdown because they weren't and like they could have
2: just run the ball at that point. The clock, you think they could have
0: gotten two yards on a run?
2: Oh, yeah, they would have gotten more yards <laughs> than they got on that pass.
0: <laughs> That's true. Like, I would definitely line up in an I formation there and just say, We're just going to run our guys at your guys. and
2: I mean, you don't even have to line up in the eye formation. You can just, like, be in your normal formation. You can still <laughs> be in shotgun. You can run the ball that way. can uh, Fun fact, short yardage is more successful out of shotgun than it is, like, bringing everybody in
0: there. Well, yeah, because you don't have everybody. You don't have, like, nine dudes in the box. Right, you
2: don't stack yeah, it. But people get mad when you run the ball at, like, third and goal at the one out of the shotgun.
1: Right, because they're know, like, oh, you're already starting so far back.
0: That's definitely yeah. not the, the old grumps I sit around at Georgia football games in Sanford Stadium who remember the power eye in Herschel Walker. Yeah. I man, was, I sat
1: I, by some old grumps this past weekend. Oh,
2: man. Yeah, there were some old, uh, yeah, some grumpy old dudes in front of me. That's what we get for mooching season tickets from people that actually have season ticket money.
1: Like, like there was a couple times where Stetson, you know, there were some throws Stetson would, like, were obviously high or behind him. And there were some that you would hit people in the hands and they'd drop it. Like, Stetson, what are you doing, man? And in my head, I just like, he totally hit that dude in the hands. <laughs> like, what do you want him to do? Also catch
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stetson's had his, like, share of the blame in recent weeks, for sure. But a lot of people just seem to love to, like, like they're one person or whatever to blame and everything goes wrong. It's them. And it's like, eh, that's yeah. not, that's not how this works guys.
0: I mean, some of it's on him, but I also think when I go back and watch the game, I feel like a lot of Georgia's offensive problems have been inconsistent line play. Also, you don't really have a standout threat to X receiver this year. With A.D. Uh, Mitchell mostly being out for injury. obvious. Like the guy the next best receiver available on the roster is a guy everyone was calling to get benched a couple weeks ago, which is of course Lad McConkie. Who's,
2: who's currently playing with Turf Toe. McConkster. Who is playing with Turf Toe? So I mean a, a a big part of the struggles on the offense are A. D. Mitchell hurt McConkie hurt Bennett hurt Ratledge basically. Looks like a lineman who was hurt for over a year and isn't all the way back. And then your and then your left guard spot. Those are your <laughs> like five areas that's been some struggles. And four of them are injury injury related, right? Right. Now there's also the issue of you don't have a lot of depth at receiver. Right. That was part of Bama's problem last year, and that's because we haven't recruited a, quite as many you know big time receivers as we needed for a couple of years in a row. And some of it is like injury stuff or like Jermaine Burton who decided to go transfer and sit on the bench at Bama. And like Don Blaylock who was really
0: good and it just has been cursed with bad knees, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Burton thing infuriates me because I do keep track of his stats because I'm petty like that and I watched him play. He did catch uh, touchdowns. Justin,
2: don't act like you're special and you're somehow some special level of petty because you're the only Georgia fan keeping track of Jermaine Burton. No, there's
0: butt. I know there's fans who are doing a better job at it of it than you, I am. Aren't
2: you on the, aren't you on the email list?
0: <laughs> there's an No, email like you signed list? me up for the I Jermaine Burt <laughs> shit-talking list serve.
1: He did catch a touchdown this past week. He ago. did. It was a,
0: it. he, uh, it was on an underneath route. It was one of those patented Alabama thing where they send like three or four guys deep on verts and there's one guy running kind of like a dig or a shallow
3: post and he just took it to the house. So um, I
4: wasn't going to read this
1: but I can't not read it.
4: Played
2: Jermaine Burton on is on pace to pass his freshman year receiving yardage total by like 15 yards.
1: Sounds right. I was browsing Facebook and this popped
3: up. And it's just impressive. This is from
1: Bryce Young's official Facebook fan page. He posted a screenshot of the final out of Tuscaloosa 24-20 to Alabama. And let me quote his, his copy here. This is an impressive turn it takes. It takes many turns. Not every game can be a blowout. Not every race can be a world record. Maybe the game made your heart stop. But that's what makes college football the greatest sport in the world. It is not weakness if you do not dominate. It is not failure if you don't cover the spread. Philippians 4, 12, 13 says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Trust the process and drop a roll Tad. Grab a jersey. Show your love for the time. (laughs) Link to my store.
5: (laughs)
0: store. Gotta make that money. (laughs) No, oh my gosh.
1: Grab a jersey, not his story. It links to Crimson guess, Tide. Congratulations.
2: You just won America Bingo. I don't care how your card was arranged. You have <laughs> now got bingo. <laughs> oh but my I can do gosh. All things through Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide who strengthens me. Not with illegal steroids. That that took some turns, man. Forget
1: Bryson, who didn't even play. Injured. Not every game, we can't cover the spread, which reminds me of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have been in, in need and, and have had plenty. Oh, by the way, pick up my jersey, Roll Tide. That
2: way I can have more plenty. That we can have more roll plenty. <laughs> can we I have more, gotta plenty? Get more plenty? I gotta
0: get more plenty. I got to get more plenty. All
2: things through Crimson Tide who strengthens me.
0: <laughs> through the mighty,
1: almighty American U.S. dollar who strengthens my pocket.
2: That's it. Did he say who, all who strengthens me and then go straight into Roll Tide? He said trust the process and drop a Roll Tide. Oh my just gosh, drop even a Roll better. Tide. He'll say, I can do all things for him who strengthens me. The process. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> That's effectively what he said. Like, yeah. What strengthens him?
0: The process. Roll Tide.
1: Uh, it's just...
0: Thou shalt, thou shalt honor thy Nick Saban.
2: Thou shalt not rat-poison thy teammates. <laughs> rat-poison team. teammates.
0: <laughs> you know, this Alabama team is like... I guess it's the same thing with some of these blowout wins George's had where it's like, oh man, on the box score looks really impressive, but their fans have been complaining about the performance. And then if you look at some of the stats, it's like, man, this does not look like an Alabama team from the last three or four years.
2: Well, actually... Uh, unfortunately for them, it does look like an Alabama team for the last three or four years because uh, the COVID season, they were just really dominant. But they haven't, you know, last year, the year before that, and this year now, they haven't been really dominant game in, game out, week to week, which is what was expected of them this year because they're sort of on this cycle where they're super dominant team one year and then just a really good top three or four team the next, and then super dominant, and they go back and forth. So this was supposed to be there. Yay, we're back to super dominant. Our best two players are Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and they're both juniors, and they're both going to be top five picks, and we brought a lot of people back, blah, 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 and now we're out here getting bailed out by Jimbo.
0: Yeah. I guess what, what when I this is I guess been the national media discussion cuz I guess Alabama has been famous lately for producing top shelf wide receivers. I mean good lord, you turn on any NFL game, there's a good chance you're going to see a guy from Alabama lined up at wide receiver. And the guys they have on the team this year, I think are pretty good, but it's not they've been spoiled. Like like Trayshawn Holden is probably the number 1 guy at receiver for them and he probably I mean he was like Maybe the fourth or fifth best option for him last year.
2: Uh, he was really probably like their third best receiver last year, I guess. Right. But... I
0: think talent-wise, he was third best, but they put Slade Bolden out there more than Trayshawn Holden. Yeah, they're could...
2: basically different positions. Yeah, effectively, but yeah, yeah. They haven't. I mean, it's not that they don't have anybody that's good. It's that they don't have anybody that has stepped up to be. <laughs> Like playing at a clear first round pick level. Right. So, so it, and that, I mean it's you know, it's understandable when you consider that they only have one five star receiver on their roster and they only have one, two, three other receivers that were like top one hundred recruits. So it's hard. Oh, you know, only take 11 elite recruits and get no elite football players.
0: Well, I, I'm impressive. not... Yeah, this is impressive. I think there's still a good reason why they're number one in the coaches poll. But coaches it's not... don't watch the, the games? What?
2: Those coaches don't watch the games? <laughs> they're busy. They're busy yeah, doing they're, coaching they're, things. They're a little busy on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Do you think... Uh, how many games... Do you, do you think Danny Cannell watches all the games? No. Says he doesn't watch all the games because I caught Uh, his. But I think he
2: does, at least keep he keeps up with the games better than the coaches do. Well, he bets he bets money. So yeah, he he bets. So that's a big part of it. So the games he bets, I'm sure he keeps up with a lot, even if he doesn't watch them all. The problem with him is that he still sometimes gets too stuck on when lost, yes, no, binary. He's like, look at so and so's resume. Like, you know, it's like, look at who this team's beat. Look at who's this, who's this team's beat. They beat the same caliber of teams. Why is this team considered so much better? And it's like, one team's won by an average of four points, and one team won by an average of 31 points. It's like, right. it's not the same. Like, nobody's saying that this other team has beaten a bunch of NFL teams, but they've been blowing them out like they're supposed <laughs> to.
0: And he gets, right.
2: he's too, like, binary win-lossy. It's like, that's, that's not how this works, man.
0: I only bring him up because I I caught his top 10 list, and uh, in his top 10, he had Georgia and Alabama 3 and 4, respectively. Do you want to guess who was 1 and 2?
1: Florida State and... (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know you didn't put Florida State there.
2: Did he he have Ohio State and Clemson? Ding, ding. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State's been pretty good. They're good. he, He looks at it and says, Clemson beat Wake Forest. Georgia beat Oregon. These are the same. Right. Wake Forest
1: and Oregon are the same, right? Kidding.
2: I I mean, like, hey, they might even be similar caliber of teams. That's fine. You could probably argue about which one's better or whatever, even if there's, like, a right answer. The difference between those two teams and caliber is not enormous. However, you know the 48 to three, I don't even remember some stupid number compared to like Clemson who played a good game and like, you know, did win that game at Lake forest, but yeah, not the same.
0: Yeah. It's, it's also the Clemson doesn't get as much crap for playing a week schedule because they typically dominate teams. And I think they've dominated most teams they've played this year, especially on defense, but you know, they did get kind of sweaty against Georgia tech for like one half. So they've, they they haven't been really,
2: Yeah, they haven't been super dominant. I mean <laughs> their defense hasn't been as good as expected. Gave up 20 points to Louisiana Tech. They gave up 20 to NC State. Those aren't really the things that you do if you're like a super number one elite defense, which is kind mm-hmm. of what Clemson was hoping to have this year. Mhm. Still good defensively, but if you want to be just kinda of whatever on offense like they are, you gotta be more dominant defensively. But a long way right. to go. Uh, let's talk some NFL because there's some fun things happening. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Namely that Tom Brady still has some like, you know, bondage video of uh NFL oh, commissioner and uh Syl oh. everybody's favorite uh Sauston Beltics fan. Uh I had a really dumb tweet, which is because he tweeted, uh, in 2022, an NFL head coach would jump out a fourth floor window because analytics says it's faster than taking the stairs, which is so dumb because so many head coaches still hate anything that's even associated with analytics. Like, what world are you living in where you think that they're just following analytics blindly? People have been bending over backwards for 20 years trying to teach these guys basic math. <laughs> they still don't believe it, so, like, Half of them don't
0: even know what an asparagus is.
2: No, (laughs) much less can they count the number of asparagus on their plate.
0: I think I understood why Bill Simmons tweeted that because I think it was in response to some of the decisions that were made in the Monday Night Football game between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Like when the Chiefs had an opportunity to go up eight points, they decided to you know go for two and let's make it a nine point lead. You know. To me, that was, I mean, it wasn't like the worst decision because you make what could be still technically a one possession game, now a two possession game. But because it didn't work, you know, you gave uh, the Raiders, you know, a touchdown, an extra point just to tie up the game. And when they got to that point, they didn't, they decided, we want to go for two also.
2: Yeah. Those situations are weird because I do get it that intuitively, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Even mm-hmm. if, when you actually crunch the numbers, it comes out to your advantage. Like, at the same time, when Bill Simmons starts, like, refusing to drive a car because he can't, like, calculate how an engine works, like, then I'll take his, like, analytics complaint seriously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that game was fun. Uh Somebody, uh, tweeted at tra- about Travis Kelsey because he got the four touchdowns. There was a character from... Uh,
2: how, many, how many yards did he have?
0: 17? I have no idea, actually. I totally like guess. 40?
2: I- I'll pull it up because I don't remember exactly, but it was uh, <clears throat> comically low for having four touchdowns. We'll leave it at that while I, while I scroll scroll.
0: Yeah, but there's a, a character from uh, Married with Kids, the old sitcom... Who uh, that was a recurring joke? So, uh, he was like, it was one of the dads. Like, I scored four touchdowns in one game, <laughs> and Travis okay. Kelce was like, I am that guy.
2: Uh, Twenty-five yards, four touchdowns. I was told that's was the seventeen, I dude. I guess <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah I, I told you it was comically low. I wasn't kidding. That's bad. No, it's
1: not hey, bad. He, it's just he weird.
0: did what tight ends. What well, you hope a tight end can do in the red zone, which is be a, a Assert his threat. physical
2: dominance. Which is
0: so you don't have to throw a hitch. called push-off. <laughs> yeah, they
2: it's get away with push-off. Off. Just the star
0: ha- ones. Just the star ones get away with it. You don't have to throw a freaking hitch to the outside to an extra receiver who takes, like, a two-step route.
1: A two-step? <laughs> um... Uh,
4: I know y'all saw that uh, rough-in-the-passer call.
0: <laughs> LOL. That's what I thought we were talking about that earlier with so bad. Tom Brady's uh, sex tape thing or whatever.
1: Yeah, but did you see uh, the, uh, um, did home you see... Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, did you see how the NFL wants us to sack the quarterbacks? I think it was Kevin Hart. Yes. yes, it was perfect. <laughs> and it was—I don't forget the other two people. Don't pump laid, it down. Kevin Hart was picked up by two people and just gently laid onto the ground yeah. on a pillow and handed a blanket
2: <laughs> and, and tucked like, in, tucked in. Like, this is now a legal set. This is
1: this is how you tackle the quarterback, sir. But <laughs> so there was uh.
2: there was another controversial roughing the passer call in that Chiefs game that <laughs> night with Mahomes. Oh, I didn't see that. One. Mahomes. Uh, I mean, it was kind of soft, but. Mahomes did sort of get slung to the ground. So it's kind of one of those ones that like is a soft call, but also by the book, correct. Whereas the Grady Jarrett on Tom Brady was a soft call. And also by the book, I think was not correct. (laughs) And they just called it anyway. Um, The best tweet during that chiefs game was Mike Pereira, head of NFL officials. who tweeted, I'm sitting at a bar drinking Tito's
0: with chiefs fans yelling
2: at me. I do not blame them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, there's there's so much so much wanted context that's missing in that tweet. Like, dude. Like, that's does weird. he have like a deal with Tito's vodka now that he has to mention that every time he's drinking? With fans, yeah, I like a nice <laughs> a nice neat Tito's vodka straight from the freezer down my gullet. While I tell other fans who are commiserating about the bad calls, I know that sucks. What a use bad call. this
1: code to get twenty percent off at Total Wine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're like well while we're looking at this review let's uh this booth review let's, let's kick it up to, to Mike Pereira uh, Mike Pereira is brought to you today by Tito's <laughs> Mike Pereira for our, our Tito's rule of the day it started with my
3: toes
1: and went up and to like, my well, nose of course I'm talking about Tito's
2: if Mike Pereira comes on it's like well you see the receiver possesses the ball and then both of his feet you see they come down in bounds very smoothly Just like Tito's Vodka. Just like Tito's Vodka.
1: So, Mike, do you think that was by the book? To be honest, I'm too drunk to tell. Back to you. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. I've had a bit too many
0: Tito's. Maybe the quarterback position just needs to become a no-contact player on the field. Like flag
3: football?
0: Yeah, like flag football. Everyone else can
1: still get demolished and destroyed.
2: Black football was proposed in the Discord. I saw that. I was trying
1: to read through it, but I was kind of busy with my toddler. I don't... I did laugh at Daniel. Was it Daniel that proposed the... (laughs) They're they're on two separate fields. (laughs) (laughs) here's my proposal office must designate pre-snap if they're going to do a runner pass if run play everything is normal quarterback gets fair if pass, you play seven on seven with a four-second sack time or however your line may operate on this your linemen operate on a separate field if the d-line gets past the o-line before the four seconds the quarterback is quote sacked <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like something some actual nerds would come up with that's like a like a
1: JK Rowling version of football. Like, there's two, like, separate things happening on the same field or in the same game, rather. I was going to say something like
0: the world that Sylvester Stallone got unfrozen in and Demolition Man. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember, they're not having, people don't have sex anymore. They put on, like, weird headsets and Taco Bell owns all the food in the world.
2: You should be so lucky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that in a while. I Uh. ate a little Taco Bell menu hack item the other day and it was actually quite good oh yeah is that What's the one that? where
2: they just pour Baja Blast on all your food <laughs>
1: <laughs> they call it the Baja menu um no it's you take the Mexican pizza and you buy a cheesy roll up you actually buy two of them and you open up the cheesy roll up and you take half the Mexican pizza and you stick it inside the cheesy roll up and you close Oof. it Ooh, it's like six, It's like five or six dollars total for all that and it's amazing Oof. that's the American
0: dream baby
3: Anyhow, I gotta go. So, uh,
0: yeah, I can't wait to talk about uh Alabama, Tennessee next week because I feel like the National Guard's gonna get called into Knoxville no matter what happens.
2: Are, are we gonna do this uh take that unites us
0: in these troubling times when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes. And the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow. We need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever, these are the takes that unite
2: us. All right, so I'll I'll give the quick little context, which is that Brian Robinson, running back, formerly of Alabama, now unfortunately stuck playing for Washington, whatever they are. Um, Comrades, uh, the Washington comrades. Yeah, like a week before the season, someone tried to carjack him and like shot him in the leg. Oh my gosh, I not yeah. know that. Yeah, a rough start to his rookie season. So, anyway, this is from September 14th. Fire Ron Rivera. I had a wonderful idea, which was, this won't happen, but when Brian Robinson gets introduced in week five, I need many men by 50 cent blasting throughout FedEx field. <laughs> okay. and this is extra fantastic because that's friggin' what happened. They did it? <laughs> Yeah, and I don't have a clue how they normally do their intro because I mean nobody does, right? But whatever happened, they did the intro and all of the players, you know, run out or whatever. And then very last, you know, I don't know, lights go down, smoke goes up, whatever. Many men by fifty cent they announce Brian Robinson and he runs out for his first game.
0: That's pretty awesome. That's pretty spectacular. Yep. See, these are, this is what sports this is what sports is healing. Literally take healed that, a man of gunshot wounds. It's true. My take that
1: Unites us <laughs> was going to be baseball related, and it was probably the most apt description of watching playoff baseball I've ever read.
2: Okay, if that was, one is true, so please give us that, yeah.
1: It was David Murphy, has, uh, at by David Murphy. He said, playoff baseball is like watching a loved one defuse a bomb. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what it feels like when I'm watching the Braves in a playoff game. It's yeah. like, how can they get through this without this thing exploding?
2: Yeah, the only complaint or addendum I have to that is that it's like a loved one diffusing a bomb far off in a different country at a random time where you don't actually know what's happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it's Atlanta and not yeah, New really.
0: If Snicker is diffusing that bomb and he feels like he may have snipped the wrong one out of order, he said, well, I'm just going to snip all of them now. This bomb, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to blow right. up. <laughs> right, we blown it up. Point. Let's just snip them all.
2: <laughs> it's low leverage. <laughs> oh,
0: man, I, had a, I had a little take. that I don't know how many people this actually unites, but I found it on the Reddit College Football Twitter. Right. They posted a screenshot from their, uh, their discussions. I guess context is Reddit College Football fans were excited about Tennessee being back because, oh man, it's been boring with just Alabama and Georgia winning the divisions every year. And uh, this comes from Mojito Time Bro, who's a Bama fan. He says, you say that but if they win, every one of you is going to regret all the support you've given to Tennessee. Y'all are ready for them to be back. We've held the monster at bay for so long, you think we are the monster.
2: <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree with him, but I think he's giving himself a lot of credit for Tennessee's right. program consistently imploding. That's not on <laughs> I, was about to say. I was about to That's say. It's on Butch Jones.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> some of it's on Butch. Some of it's on Babushka Pruitt. You Uh, know,
2: okay, so, and and the, you know, Fulmer being an insane AD.
0: Oh, yeah, doing the freaking Shakespearean drama of stabbing backs, getting that job he had no business (laughs) operating in, doing shady shit.
2: (laughs) Brought to you by Fulmer.
0: (laughs) To be or not to be AD. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't no question. That, that ain't, ain't no question. question. I'm I'm the man. I'm the big orange. I'm the Somebody
1: get me <laughs> another mountain deer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Johnny Major's dead. Well, that's just too damn bad. I took his <laughs> job. He don't deserve <laughs> no statue.
2: <laughs> He's out there having crazy visions of Johnny Majors, who he had like a forced coup outing of anyway, like decades ago. that People forgotten about accidentally stabbing Jeremy Pruitt behind the curtain.
3: Think about these people. They
0: told, Most of them have told you who they were like decades ago.
2: <laughs> and we I really wish we had it. a full former Shakespeare mashup.
1: Uh, double, we'll double toil and trouble. <laughs> Maybe double, they get the bam
5: a burn. Covered.
3: Double,
2: <laughs> double, double cover. <laughs> double coverage ain't no trouble
1: <laughs> oh that's funny double coverage ain't no trouble I don't really know I don't really remember what his voice sounds like I'm just doing it it doesn't even matter it is spiritually it's
2: all correct
1: <laughs> I try to do I try to no oh wait I had a good Jimbo earlier Jimbo's is hey, easy yeah, yeah.
2: it's just kind of high, high, high
1: pitch and
0: fast I, I, don't, I don't know what happened he talks very fast I don't know what happened. You, you want to fire me? Well, pay me ninety million dollars. You want to fire oh, me? It's gonna be ninety boy. million. So you don't got ninety million dollars? Well, suck my
2: dick, <laughs> boy.
0: Put my balls in your jaw. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Come with oil.
0: Come with oil I think this needs to the end. <laughs> <laughs> they said before we keep going.